All right, everybody. This is your host, your founder of Break Into the Future, Joshua Taylor. What is up? We got the crypto curator, Paul. What is up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joshua. It's uh, it's a nice warm day here in Dallas, so I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's a warm day down south in Houston. Shout out to Texas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Texans on 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 the break into the future today, man. So hey, we're all about breaking to the future, talking about everything future, crypto, blockchain, of course. But we got EV, solar, cannabis, psychedelics, AI. IOT, robotics, metaverses, you name it. And so we are very, uh, in season one, crypto and blockchain focused. Um, so just want to know, Paul, the people want to know who you are, um, your background, anything you want to tell us to let the people know about you and how you broke into the crypto verse, went down that rabbit hole and became the crypto curator. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, it all started, I, I tell people it all started when I went in the Navy. Uh, I had graduated high school, worked in fast foods, did that deal for a little bit. And then some recruiters caught me going to work one day at McDonald's and they were like, hey, you want to join the Navy? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and they still came out, you know, on my break and encouraged me to come down, take a test, to go through the whole MEPS thing. So I did that and I got in the Navy. I served 10 years in submarines, all technology stuff. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. It was an honor to serve. It was a great time. I can get into all kinds of crazy submarine stories, but I won't. But <laughs> yeah, later. It was it was it was a, it was a good time, and it taught me a lot with technology. And so after I left the Navy, I went to work for a government agency as a contractor. A good friend of mine encouraged me, "Come out of the Navy, dude. You make a lot more money." And I was like, "Okay, okay, I'll do it." So I got out, worked with them for a couple of years, and then I went to the government side for about a year. And then a good friend said, hey, listen, I'm starting up a business. And I was like, need any help? He was like, sure. So I did that for a little while. And then I started my own IT consulting practice. And that's when I found Bitcoin. Mm. And so I've been on that Bitcoin train ever since. What year was that? <laughs> it was 2011 when I first heard about it. Uh. But it wasn't until 2012 until I actually deployed some capital to work with it. Wow, 2012. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You remember where you were, what was like, what was the light bulb that was just like, man, this is something. And what do you think, what was the conviction? What was like, okay, yeah. there, there's something sound here. There's some fundamental truth that I can't deny. You know, I, I heard a lot about it on Twitter. I live on Twitter. So I heard a little bit on Twitter. It was either Max Kaiser or Trace Mayer. I don't know more which one of these guys <laughs> yeah. said something about it. Yeah. Both them yell. And after reading the white paper. And again, I'll be the first to admit, listen, I read the white paper. I'm technical, but I'm not that technical. So mm -hmm. I got the gist and that was enough to keep me engaged, but it wasn't until 2013, A16Z put 25 million in the Coinbase. That's when I knew for a fact oh. that there's something here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Follow I, the money, I, man. Follow the money. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Can you explain to the people who, what and who is a, uh, AZ16? A16Z. Yeah, A16Z. Andrews and Howitz. And, you know, I'm really, being in tech, I didn't really pay attention to who he was. And I was like, yes, Andrews and Howitz. Well, I mean, I, it wasn't Andrews and Howitz. It was Mark Andreessen. So he's the guy that created the Netscape browser. So back in the day, unless you're really old like me, you know what Netscape browser is, but it was like one of the first browsers. 
And yeah. so I was like, big whoop, Brady Brown's a good deal for him, right? And I didn't pay much attention after that. Well, come to find out this partnership between him and Howitz was significant. And so they created this, this basically hedge fund in a way, venture cap, not hedge fund, a venture capital fund to help fund projects. And so when they decide to put the money to Coinbase, I was like, this is big because their philosophy and his philosophy was software is eating the world. So if you go to their website, you'll see software is eating the world. And he believed that we were going through a vast transformation where software was really changing the game. And so that's who. For a second, I had a come in. So uh, out. All good. We'll edit it. And they continue. Just for media, it's called Follow That Money. And so today I just finished, one of the reasons I was a little bit late, I just finished the article for them. But every week I will highlight, because I curate the news every day, I will highlight the news about where investment dollars went into this space. And so the biggest news this week was A16Z launching a new fund, $2.2 billion. So that's massive. And it's going to have a huge impact on the industry. So yeah, they're a big deal. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, yeah, they they just launched a huge, the I think the largest fund ever. Not yep. even just crypto and blockchain focus, just as a fund in general, a venture-backed fund, uh, venture capital for all, all the newbies out there. Um, it's just really um, a firm that invests their money, some L, uh, limited partners, other people's money as well, into early stage companies or later stage companies in their growth process to, of course, get a return based off the growth and revenues of the, of the company they invest in. And so um, a, A16Z is one of the biggest and best venture capital firms in the world and in the, they're arguably the best in the United States. Um, so thank you for that intro. Um, it's called Follow the Money. Follow that money. Follow that money is what I call it. Right now, they've been putting it in their newsletter. They send out every week on Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to be posting it on my website on the Crypto Curator. That way, folks can have access to it. So cool. both of those places. Cool. We'll put it in the notes um, so people okay. can check it out for sure. So after 2012, 2013, you're really like, oh, follow that money. What happened yeah. after that? Yeah, after that, uh, you know, I continued to, and because the business that I had before I got into my IT consulting practice, it was a company called Infoition. It was a combination between two words, information and intuition. And a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff, he had worked in this space for a long time, um, a company called... Um, American system, American management systems, AMS, mm -hmm. uh, they were a big consulting firm. And so he was in the marketing department, PR department, communications, and they used to do what was called press clips. Uh, what most people might not realize is large corporate organizations, entities, they have staff or a third party collect news information every day and put it before the C-suite so that they understand what's going on in the industry. So we were doing that for about eight years before I made an exit. And we were doing it for most of Capitol Hill, part of the White House and Fortune 500 companies. That's cool. So when I got into crypto, I said, you know, I wonder if anybody's curating news information at this level 
about the entire industry. And there really wasn't. There are some great newsletters. Listen, Thompson newsletter is amazing. Marty Bent's newsletter is amazing. There's a ton of really good newsletters, but no one looks at the space from a comprehensive because it's a lot of work. But so every day I will curate news. And if you go to my website, the crypto curator, you'll see I have it categorized out. Yeah. That way a person can look at just regulation and see all the things going on regulatory wise. Yeah. And so um, I, it took me to 2017 though. But so I kept watching space, kept watching space and I was sort of curating news on my own. But then in 2017, I decided, let me go ahead and put out an actual newsletter. So it went through a couple iterations. Uh, one of them, I actually had an email news list. And then I was like, you know what? Email is driving me insane because you have double opt-ins. You know, people try to subscribe, they get blocked. The content you email to them get blocked. And I'm like, you know what? This is too much of a headache. Let me, and I, and I realized I have a larger community on social media than I do on email. I'm just gonna push it all towards social. So I started pushing everything on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, public, publish zero X, just a bunch of places. And I got more traction that way. So that's, that's where, that's what, that's what got me up to that 2017 spot. So since 2017, Monday through Saturday, I've curated news information for the past four years, nonstop without fail. That's awesome, man. I, I love your site just because it is, it is so comprehensive and there's so now there's so much crypto information out there it, it's hard for a new person that's uh attempting to break in to this not industry it's a universe uh to really understand what's going on if you have no technical background like yourself or myself i have a finance economics and entrepreneur background you're entrepreneur as well it's like oh my gosh where am i and so uh definitely cool uh how is your membership today how how are, how is your community going the community is going good. Uh, it was about um, two months ago that I relaunched the site in this format where I pushed all of the content onto the front page. Uh, I do have membership type services where the first tier, they get a chance to attend a Zoom call that I have every week on Wednesdays. The second tier folks, they get a midday uh, update plus breaking news alerts from me directly. And again, that's because they have someone who's trusted and that they understand that I've been watching this space for the last past 12 years. And they can say, okay, if Paul sends a news alert to me, I really need to watch this or look at it. Yeah. And then my last tier is people that I consult one-on-one. -on -one. There are some people that are like, listen, Paul, I'm too busy. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to watch all these videos and listen to all these podcasts. Yeah. I want to be able to call you up and say, listen, what do I do or what's going on? And I can tell them, or if they want me to actually help them get into crypto, I'll do that too for them. So yeah, yeah. so far it's going good. I, I, my website now, I'm getting about 2000 hits a day. I want to drive that a lot higher. Um, and then I'll probably do some sponsorships on the main website. Uh, but as far as my actual members go, I've got about 50 members, paying members. Uh, so it's not a lot, but you know, yeah, cool. helps me, helps me keep going. Bills, it, you know, gives you a couple of drinks here or there. That's right. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, value and it's I'm sure it's fun for you. Like it's like this. It is, is so fun. fun for me. Yeah. You're a hodler. You 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 hold on for dear life. For those that don't know what hodl means, this is H O D L. Uh, we we want to be very educational. So if I do that, it's just like just want to explain everything that's uh, a person that's new doesn't understand. Um, so you created this awesome site, which I'm a user of. Um, thanks thanks man and, you know I, I scour the internet so I find cool things like what you're doing and I'm so appreciative that you're doing it and 
Um, I have lots of questions, but uh, okay, let's move it to present day. So really in terms of the environment we're in, uh, you saw a lot of hype at the beginning of this year because we were in a bull run. Um, prices for Bitcoin was going to the moon. <laughs> we, we assumed we had a lot of leverage come out of the system. You're having a lot of more regulatory talks, um, crypto mining talks. What is the 30,000 foot view in your opinion since you have a decade uh, long experience? What is going on um, across the, what is going on? Yeah, totally like macro global scale. What is going on? Yeah, so global, global scale, and I'll communicate first to those who might not be familiar with this space and know what's going on. Thank the you. first thing they need to understand is that Bitcoin is the apex predator asset, and that was coined by Michael Saylor, and I, or Anthony, one of those two guys said it, but it is the apex predator asset. And here's the reason why. Bitcoin is the only decentralized censorship resistant technology the planet has ever seen. It's a high quality asset. And if you're familiar with investing, you want to buy assets, right? You don't want to buy liabilities. You know the difference between the two. There's a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad that explains it to you, but you want to buy high quality assets. Yeah. So Bitcoin is a high quality asset. It's not going to go away. Governments cannot shut it down. They cannot ban it. China's tried, can't. India tried, can't. Turkey tried, can't. Listen, I can tell you from a 30,000 foot level, you want to at least be aware of what's going on. Please do me a favor. Don't trust me. Watch what I watch, read what I read, and listen to what I listen to. Because when you do that, you're going to know what to do for yourself because everybody's situation is different, right? So that's the way I want people to understand that. Now, outside of Bitcoin, people and most people come into Bitcoin through the way of what we like to call shitcoins, right? So the reality is there's a lot of other projects out there. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at CoinMarketCap and we have 10,735 digital asset projects. Mm -hmm. People listen to me. You can feel free to play with them if you like to. I promise you, you will eventually come back to Bitcoin. It's just the way it works. And I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. Listen, I like a lot of the other projects too, but it comes back to Bitcoin. If you take nothing away, just take that away. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where we are. Yeah, I have three questions. Why is Bitcoin the apex predator? Why is it number one? Why is it, is it, yeah, why is it number one? So that's, yeah, why is it number one? Why you say that? Yeah, it's number one because as I mentioned, you can't, st so let me start with this. It's been battle tested for 12 years. People have probably tried to hack it. Governments tried to shut it down. We had an actual civil war back in 2014, 15-ish, I believe it was. Maybe it was even, no, not take it back. The civil war was around 2017, 2016, 2017, where we had what was called SegWit, the SegWit battles. There was a group of people in the community that wanted larger blocks, and that was the big blockers. And then you have people that were called small blockers. Yeah. And what it is, the Bitcoin is a block chain. It's a chain of blocks, because you'll never hear the word blockchain in the white paper, Believe me, go find the white paper, do a control, I mean, do a, yeah, Alt-F or Control-F, search yeah. for blockchain, you'll never find it. 
It's a chain of blocks. The reason is because each block contains transactions and records and ledgers that then gets put permanently into history because of the way that it's connected. So we had that civil war and Bitcoin won. What came out of that was what we called um, Bitcoin Cash or some people call it Bcash. And that is also was supposed to be considered Bitcoin, but it was the shortest chain. It didn't win out. All the people, all the effort went toward the, the split of that chain. And now we have what they call a fork. That fork of that chain is Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin's been through that. It's been through this mining debacle of China. China's been telling them, shut down all the miners, ban Bitcoin. We're not going to let it be used in China. Okay. All the China miners moving to the U.S. right now. They're moving to other countries. You cannot stop Bitcoin. So that's why it's number one. It's got over 700 developers working on it on a daily basis. Those developers are decentralized. They're not in one country. It's just, it's, a, it's an amazing technology. It's math. It's, it's pure math and you can't stop it. Mm -hmm. so why when we talk about decentralized what makes bitcoin decentralized and talk about the 700 developers sure uh, what, yep yeah. what makes it decentralized is the fact that no one computer controls the system so if anybody maybe some of your audience will remember there was a software called um and I'm going to forget the software. Uh, it was a music sharing software platform where you could share music. But the beautiful thing about this platform was that it was on everybody's computer. And Napster. the SEC, yeah, Napster. Thank you, Napster. So Napster. So they came in, they sued them, tried to shut them down, right? And they shut them down. Why were they able to shut them down? Because they had a centralized head that ran the software, a corporation, individual, right? This is why Shitoshi Nakamoto disappeared. Now, Bitcoin was supposed to be created by someone called Shitoshi Nakamoto, which is fictitious. We don't know if it's an individual or if it's a group of people, but they disappear. They're gone. Yeah. But what they did is that they did the same thing like Napster and they on a mailing list, they said, why don't you guys download this software and run the software? And if you run the software on your computers, we will give you some digital asset as a result, which was called Bitcoin. So the protocol is called Bitcoin and the asset is called Bitcoin. So people... These are early cypherpunks. They downloaded the software and they started running it on their computers. Now there's a team of developers. Again, these developers are not one individual. There are multiple of them. They keep the software up and running and they have new releases like with Windows, Windows XP, Windows 7, Windows 10, Windows 11, right? Mm -hmm. So they do that with Bitcoin. And those developers, again, no one developer controls the system. It's a whole community of them. So basically you have what's like a crack and a, the dragon with many heads. You chop off one, the others will attack you and it grows back one, right? Bitcoin, is it operates that way. Even if you knock off one developer, you've got a 700, you know, 600 or some more developers and those developers are going to train new developers. So you can never stop yeah. this from running and it's run on computers globally. Mm -hmm. So with this network running the way it's running, the only way to stop it is to shut down the internet globally. Yeah. That's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And well, even if they did it globally, you still got satellites that are running the Bitcoin blockchain thanks to block, uh, block, um, block, not blockware, uh, a blockstream. Blockstream yeah. has launched satellites that yeah. are running the Bitcoin blockchain. You're not going to stop this thing. Yeah. And blockstream, if you, anyone wants to look it up, just 
search on Brave Browser. <laughs> Blockstream, they've been around since like 2012. Yep. For a long time. Um, long time. I know they're OGs in the space and there have been some disputes with them as well. Uh, with any new revolution, there's always people who want to be the kings and queens. <laughs> and so yep. uh, just human, human nature. Uh, thank you for the explanation. In terms of the regulation piece, let's bring it mm -hmm. over to West, right? We've had this migration of crypto mining, right? Just mm -hmm. computers. Mm -hmm. programming hashing mining out the um the bitcoin so they're not literally mm -hmm. digging it out of the ground it's there it's a code and they're solving an algorithm they're solving a math problem for everybody to uh, in layman's terms so and they're being rewarded for mining uh for solving the algorithm right whoever whatever computers or group of general processing units can solve it the best they get rewarded Bitcoin. And that's how the network of blocks continues on forward every 10 minutes. So we've been on this podcast for about almost half an hour. <laughs> Bitcoin is being mined every 10 minutes. So um, in terms of the migration of miners moving West, how do you think the United States and our 50 states is handling that? I think they're doing a good, great job at it. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it was Nick Carter that said, I've been waiting for this day to happen for so long. Get mining out of China. A lot of the mining done over there was done with coal, which wasn't good. But here in the United States, a lot of our mining is done with renewable energy. And we're finding even more creative ways. I just listened to a podcast with um, Preston Pish and Jason Williams. And Jason Williams is using his tire company to take the wasted energy from the way they recycle these old tires and they're mining Bitcoin with it. Wow. People and I was I had got a chance to moderate a panel for the Nuclear Energy Institute where they're talking about mining Bitcoin with nuclear power. The mayor down in Miami is trying to woo in miners with nuclear power. So, yes, I think that regulatory wise, we're addressing it well here in the United States. We not have had the government once say it's going to shut down mining or try to stop mining or prevent miners from operating. And as a matter of fact, the money that just got funded on that followed that money. $200 million went to help a Bitcoin mining facility in Texas. It's, it's amazing. So Texas is becoming a huge place for Bitcoin mining. Kentucky's trying to get in. Tennessee's trying to get in. Florida's trying to get in. Yeah. Washington, it's, it's everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's kind of like when, um, uh, when uh, Michael Saylor opened the doors and Tesla bought, everybody was like, up oh, corporations, frenzy. Um, so once that, you know, like Steph Curry, everybody wants to shoot a 30 foot jump shot. So, um, yeah, I think mining is here to stay, even if we, we have a, you know, the downturn would continue. Right. I think in terms yeah. of digging, if you could talk about like mining, you were talking about the, the different energy sources. Why would we, why do we have to use different energy sources that are tangible, right? Like why are we tires? rocks <laughs> nuclear energy why do you that to do that for a computer program yeah so right now what's happened thanks to our good buddy elon musk uh that started it which it started before him esg has been around for a long time environmental um um and again i blows my mind what the s was but governance right so the way that corporations look at things now, they have a responsibility to their shareholders to make sure that everything is environmentally friendly and that everything goes with the environmental code, sustainability. Mm -hmm. So 
since Elon Musk came out and was like, oh, I'm not going to accept Bitcoin anymore because it's being, you know, processed with bad energy or dirty energy, the whole industry is in an uproar, right? Which the, the, the power usage of Bitcoin mining, we over-exaggerate that. How much power does drawing your clothes take? A lot more than Bitcoin mining, but we're not talking about that. So um, the sources that currently are fueling Bitcoin is everything from natural gas to coal in some places, nuclear power is being talked about. Again, these recycled tire type energy, any place that have energy. And that's what Michael Saylor said. He says, Bitcoin is really about harnessing energy. And that's what it's really about. And you, you explained it earlier. And that's what it's about. Bitcoin mining is used to secure the network. And so just think of a guard securing a building. You pay this guard to stand out front of this building to make sure no one enters. With Bitcoin, you're paying people to verify transactions on the network and lying and stealing or duplicating, right? So when these miners run their rigs, they're protecting the Bitcoin network. As a result, they're getting compensated with Bitcoin, as you said, every 10 minutes. It used to be 50, it got cut in half in four years to 25 and four more years, 12.5. Right now, every 10 minutes, 6.25 Bitcoin come into existence. Yeah. So this whole mining effort is primarily focused on keeping the network secure. But in order to do that, you need power and power from multiple sources, solar, wind, yada, yada. Yeah, there you go. So where do, if we're talking decentralization, let's go to centralized platforms. Okay. Let's talk about Google, right? In terms of their engineering compute power. Let's mm -hmm. talk about Amazon. Let's talk about mm -hmm. Facebook. These large technological countries, nation states, right? They have billions of users. Where's all their data and servers and all that being stored is what talk about their stack. Yeah, I mean, where I used to live in Northern Virginia is considered the cloud, literally. Uh, Ashburn, Virginia is where 80% of the world's traffic flow through because they have one of the main network routers that control the network. And so with all the traffic going through there, Ashburn, Virginia, I guarantee you, pumps out a lot of energy to protect the Facebook, Google's, Amazon's data in these large data centers that are literally proliferating that entire area right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they put a huge fence around all of Ashburn and guard it off because it's got to be the blast zone. You drop a bomb in there and you're going to cause a lot of problems. So yeah. that's where, I mean, people, again, if you were looking at those companies, huh? Trillions of dollars worth of information. Yeah. Trillions, right? If you were to take all of that power consumption, I guarantee it'll make Bitcoin look very minuscule. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you think about Bitcoin's like a not even at a trillion anymore, maybe. Nope, it's currently six hundred twenty-nine billion. Yeah. Talk about that centralization of data. Yeah, that that get wipes out our EMP. Uh, man, we're in, we're in trouble. <laughs> now, I will say with Google, though, this is what people do have to understand. I've watched the video, this was eons ago. With Google, what they do is Google, even though they're a centralized company, they actually operate in a very decentralized way. What people don't understand about their servers is that when you save data on Google Drive, it's not on one computer. That information has been scattered globally 
and they have some type of software that can pull that information back together to present it to you no matter where you are. But if someone wants to get to you, good luck at trying to find you, they can't. It's almost impossible other than the fact that they compromise you and fool you into giving them your password. But if you didn't do that, you would never get into Google because they are literally decentralized. They could lose half of California and they still can operate. Hmm, is that is that because of like, is it like a VPN for their backend or some type of authentication for each individual user? How, I, believe, I believe so. Uh, I forget the name of the company that they actually take and they replicate, like what a lot of people don't understand too about the internet. Let's say the main server that you connect to Google with is in California. There are, there are replication servers that are located all over the place that allow you to get to those sources faster. Yeah. Um, so even though you're going all the way traveling to a bunch of routers to get to California, that data is being cached and saved locally so that you can quickly interact with things. So I think a little bit of that redundancy they have built in, I don't know their full architecture, but I would believe that they'd have multiple redundancies. Yeah, so that local architecture helps our node get to that server quicker. Because if we had to go all the way to California, we'd be in, we'd be in the dial-up days, essentially. That's uh, right. So it's kind of like military, almost like local but global presence on a software hardware infrastructure, if that yeah. makes sense to the crowd. <laughs> you yeah. can leave comments if it doesn't. Um but that's cool. That's that's dope. Uh, wasn't expecting yeah. it to go full, full <laughs> technical, but that's that's dope because that's your expertise, and that's what we like to do. Is just like really focus on what what your what your like what the speaker's focus is, and just like mm-hmm. you know do something different every show. Um, man, like what what do you think? Since we're talking about the landscape today, this is all about breaking to the future. What do you think? Yeah. What what does the future hold for Bitcoin? What does the future hold for the altcoin world, the other projects like Solana, like Compound, Cardano, Ethereum, these general uh, purpose smart contract platforms? And there are any hidden gems that you see out there? What does the future look like the next five years? Um, and what are you hoping for in the next the next 10 years of being, uh, being in Cryptoverse? Yeah, the next five years, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of transformation in the space, a lot more adoption. We're starting to see nation states now begin to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender that happened in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. I think while they're small, a lot of people look at it like, yeah, big deal, El Salvador, whoop-de-doo. But the reality is, is that only time before another falls and another falls and another before you know it. It's just like the white paper. When the white paper was first launched, a few people knew about it, the cypherpunks, they read it and it was like, okay, cool. But fast forward 12 years and look what we've got. We've got this massive ecosystem. 150 wallet, 150 million wallets, digital wallets have Bitcoin. That's right. And so in the next 10 years, next decade, so I, I tell people this from a numbers perspective. In 2012, you can get Bitcoin for $5. In 2021, Bitcoin's worth, you know, $33,000. Okay, fast forward from here, 33000 in 10 years, I see Bitcoin being well north of a million dollars of Bitcoin. And a lot of people might say, Paul, come on, million dollars is just, I'm like, I'm telling you, there are mathematical formulas, there are analysts out there, everyone's pointing toward this is going to be a million dollars plus. Off, so, off plan B. 
Exactly. Plan B. So I tell people it'll have a huge impact on your financial future if you pay attention and do something about it. Now, forget about Bitcoin. The rest of the space will continue to evolve and grow. As much as people, as I just mentioned, shit coins, there are some projects that aren't really considered that. I, I think if you look at the Cardano's, the Solano's, right, the chain links, uh, you look at any of these new projects, Theta, a ton of them, they're building actual products and services that people will use and they're getting real adoption. Mm -hmm. So when you look at those, it's like, okay, we're in a bull cycle right now. I think that's gonna continue well into the 2022 before we see anything. And if we do see anything, I think that this could continue to continue to escalate and grow. And we're gonna see this um, expand in ways you wouldn't believe, as I said before, just this week, the article that I write, over 2.2 billion is now going to work on the digital asset blockchain technology space. Wow. This is only going to continue to grow. So I see this being a great place for not only investment, but if you're someone trying to have a career or learn or engage, you should be in this space. Read, watch, listen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to grow. It's not going to stop. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it's all about you know, breakingcrypto.com is all about education. What you just put on a clinic today, man, you just, if I can give you like a hundredth of a Bitcoin, I would, um, <laughs> <laughs> you just put on a clinic. Um, education is key exposure, the investing piece, right? It's not about your month flip. This is about sticking in it, holding on for dear life, right? Dollar cost averaging. Hey, if you want to do some trades, you just got to be smart, know your own risk, have your own strategy. But most importantly, I think the biggest opportunity, especially for uh, people of color and all races, I don't care what you are, what you identify as, it's the career piece. Because when you break in, like, like Paul and myself have done, you really understand and start to get around really smart people and really people who just like live this every day. And you learn very quickly. It's, it's, it's a different world when you're on the inside. And so one day it'll just be, it won't be technology. It'll just be normal ways of life. Uh, maybe that's in five years. So this has been awesome. I have more questions. So you got to come back. Um, Indeed. Yeah, this has been dope, man. This is awesome. Thanks for connecting with me on Twitter. <laughs> you're indeed, you're, indeed. you're home, second home. Uh, I have one <laughs> yes. more question. Uh, okay. Where can people follow you? Uh, what's your Twitter? I will, I'll link, I'll put it in, in the video and, and, and the, the podcast. Where can they follow you? Sure. Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter. It's at underscore crypto curator. Uh, and literally I'm there all day long. And, and, and people might be like, didn't this dude do anything else except for tweet? And I'm like, I do, but I do stay on Twitter a lot because yeah. it's a lot that you can learn. Twitter spaces is a great place for people to even just listen in on some of these conversations, you will be blown away by the some of these spaces and what they're talking about. So I would highly encourage it. And like you mentioned, I agree with you, especially people of color. Listen, we've got to get ourselves into the game and get our head into the game by read, watch, and listening. Educate yourself. Don't depend on schools to do it. You can do it. We've got technology that allows anybody to educate themselves any time of the day they want. Free. Free. Go get it. Yeah. These companies <laughs> make it trillions off of us like use it to make uh, value for yourself and your families um that's what the last why they made the tools free they just found ways to monetize so they could stay alive so call it evil whatever just use them right um 
Yeah. Yeah. Ask me a question. I haven't done this yet. <laughs> yeah. No. So a couple things. I, one thing that stands out to me about you, and uh, I don't remember exactly when I first came across you, but I'll tell you this. I don't think I've seen anyone that have more LinkedIn job change update announcements than you do. I, every day, I open my camera, I'm like, this cannot be possible. I'm like, how many organizations is this guy involved in? What in God's name is he doing? I'm like, this is insane. I can explain, I can explain. I can um, so, okay, number one, uh, just started a, a startup called Boson Protocol. Um, this is this is me breaking into crypto. Praise God, all due to him. So I'm employee number 41 at Boson. I'm leading community and growth for NFTs and metaverses uh, across the globe. It's a UK-based startup. We're de- we're focused on decentralized commerce. So right, uh, basically being able to buy um, things online in like the virtual world and redeem it in the within the physical. And so right, shops will be able to come on the spaces and build on top of our protocol, right? Whether it's like Burberry, Nike, or like, hey, your little, the crypto curator has a virtual store. You can build your store in these different metaverses like Decentraland, Sandbox, et cetera. But we have metaverse land parcels in these lands and we will be the commerce of the future. And so um, focus on that, hash that out, um so yeah boson check us out that's my full-time gig <laughs> and then okay, okay. I, back, I, I was doing a software company for five years with my older brother called guzo g-u-z-o we're a community-based platform the place where you can join and create communities so go to guzo g-u-z-o dot i-o um mm-hmm. we're focused on the organizers engaging more with their members and getting more activation and then you go to our app as a member and have all your communities in one place but like if me and you went to different universities i can't get in there or i can't get in your family so it's like decentralized within the guzo world so i left that in march to get into crypto one of my big bros a general partner at nomis ventures in brooklyn i was like telling him about my move um to crypto and he's like cool and i was like maybe i'll be an associate for him wasn't trying to hire just because he's raising his fund one and just like getting himself together. I started finding them deals. So FitLift, FitLift is a wearable on your, it's a personal trainer on your wrist, AI company, mm-hmm. uh, 55 different weight exercises that we can track and monitor and grade in real time. So we sell universities mm-hmm. um, in the sport strength trainers. We make them super Saiyans. And so uh, I'm like on the founding team of that. That's part-time <laughs> uh, the VC scouting part-time black vc their whole mission is helping more black people become check writers and and getting the venture capital i'm in in their scout network so that's like once a week we do different classes sequoia capital lightspeed ventures they're huge just like um anderson horowitz a16z they're in the bay Mm -hmm. in california venture capital firms they they are sponsoring it so they have a lot of people come on and talk to us fireside chats we just do it once a week so that's very part-time um breaking crypto that was a portfolio to help me break into crypto and then like i was like man there's not enough black people there's two they're like only white and asians in this space leading like i'm going to be a leader in this space and i was like let's do something about it um and then i realized it's bigger than just crypto and blockchain like break into the future 
it's yeah. like everything future because our all these technologically all of these technologies like because of rights law and Metcalf's law it's like all they're all converging so ai like you're gonna see vr pop off like all these things are gonna pop off in the next decade and two decades and so i want to bring people on like yourself that understand that's thinking about these 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 key opinion leaders people that are leaders in the space season one's all about you know crypto blockchain but we'll bring on investors we'll bring on people in gaming and legal everything like anything you could think about phds like you know we'll bring on everybody to to do that so and i'm running 50 marathons in 50 states to raise money for people with special needs roughintheheart.com uh my best buddy evan vaughn we've been buddies for 21 years so that's like non-profit stuff but uh that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's, it's funny. I saw that you went to Stephen F. Austin, and again, way probably beyond your time. Uh, a <laughs> good friend of mine from high school, when we graduated high school, she went to Stephen F. Austin. Her yeah. name was Chandra Desmute, little bitty girl, played basketball. She was a powerhouse, though. Yeah. But she had to be four foot nothing playing basketball. It was yeah. hilarious. But she got a scholarship to Stephen F. Austin. So when I saw that, I was like, ah, Stephen F. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. We're, you know, we're at this knuckle jagger school in East Texas. I got to put us on the map worldwide. So hope I have some crazy <laughs> educational theses. Uh, I'll, I'll just say right here. I don't think, I think uh, I didn't invent this, but I definitely yeah. believe that half the universities in the next 10 plus years will not exist Correct. because the business models don't make sense anymore. You need to be on campus for the schools to make money. And yeah. COVID showed us that we don't need to be on, on campus. I work at a startup that's abroad, right? Yep. Crypto startups, yep. a lot of them, are fully decentralized. They don't have any headquarters, right? Yep. Binance is like, we'll never have a headquarters, That's right? right? So That's right. they need to be careful because, you know, with the regulators, but um, yeah, uh, just, yeah, I, I have a lot of edu- a lot of investment theses. So we may have to get on here. You have to come back so we can- yeah, I can't talk. wait to mix that up. That should yeah. be awesome. Yeah, so- Thanks for your time, man. Uh, you have, you have any, any, one more question for me. <laughs> okay, so this one, I, I'll do the whole pump thing, right? And say, do you believe that? Do you believe they're aliens, right? Oh, man, do I believe they're aliens? I believe there are other life forms. Um, I am a Christian. Um, I, I really, I think I lost my religion this year, in terms of like what I thought not just what, not what Christianity, but I believe in the gospel, but more in terms of like what I think is fundamentally true, like beyond the earth and like the solar system and the universe. I'm like, how could I know God is, if he's all knowing, all powerful, like we don't really know. You don't know that for a fact, that's not proof. You can't, I can prove that Noah's Ark was there because like they found it. Like go to, go to the historical channel, whatever you call it right? That yeah. Proof that like Jesus died, like proof yeah. in, in like, you know, the burial tomb, all that stuff. But in terms of just like aliens and different life forms, like mm-hmm. there have been evidence and signs, the DODs come out. Yeah. Maybe it's a ploy to like all trap us and do like some intimate domain stuff and like <laughs> do what order. Yes. I've gone down all the rabbit holes there's to go down. I wasn't in QAnon. So <laughs> whatever but um yeah I, I definitely think that there's something out there that that we haven't seen just like we're gonna see in the next 10 20 years like on the earth like 
oh my gosh, like the people that won't be prepared for this next wave, like, yeah, you're going to live in a computer and you'll live yeah, out, there, but you're also going to live. Was a, yeah. Ready player. There was one. an article about, there was an article about uh, immortality, right? And so I put a tweet out there and I asked people, if you could be immortal, would you want to? Shocking surprise. Most of them said yes. So I was like, okay, this is going to get good. Bring it on, baby. Wow. That, that's the next, ep- that's our next conversation when you come back. Wow. Yeah. Is that a Hedera Hashgraph shirt you have on? It is a Hedera Hashgraph. I, I, was, I was talking with those guys. Yeah, they're in, they're in Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah, come got, up there. Yeah, I got this shirt when I was at Consensus, believe it or not. But yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to definitely have to hang out. And you know, we're, <laughs> we're four hours away. It's nothing. Exactly. We'll probably run into each other at some of these conferences. <laughs> oh, yeah, talk, for sure. Talk for another, like, two hours but uh, we both gotta Easily. go we both gotta go uh, thanks paul thanks big bro officially a big bro um yeah. this is this is great anything i can do to be helpful to you i know you can be helpful to me um just more guests more guests yeah. i need guests oh i can i can flood you with those That's yeah easy. So, we'll get it on twitter because i'm living on twitter now too um twitter's done some great things shout out to jack dorsey him and Jay-Z definitely see it. They like, hey, we're already billionaires together. Let's go be trillionaires together, whatever they want That's to right. do. Um, so one day we'll have dinner with them, you know, chop yep, it up. Cool. And uh, awesome. thanks for your time, big bro. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll talk real soon. Okay, man. Take it easy. Right, peace. Peace. You could just exit out. Yeah. <laughs> man. Paul, the crypto curator, that was super dope. I was not expecting that. A super technical but very simple breakdown of his career, of Bitcoin, of mining, of the state of regulation, and a full 30,000 macro viewpoint, but also a lot of good macro details in there I hope you guys picked up on. So Hey, stay tuned. We're breaking to the future. You guys heard it. Learn, learn, read, write, listen, get out here, man. Hit us up. Hit me up. I'm super accessible. We're breaking to the future. Tell your family and friends to get on because we're breaking in, baby. Breaking gang. Let's get it. I love you guys. Peace.